Looking back, it had been a mistake to fill the orphanage with books. Director Ackerby tapped the rim of his teacup with a finger. The untidiness of it all, he thought. Far below in the yard, children dipped in and out of the shadow cast by his tower office, gossiping in scattered groups, voices raised in excited chatter. All talking about the visitors, of course. This was what happened when you bottled up 250 boys and girls. Last week, a thrush had bounced off a classroom window and the orphans hadn't shut up for days. Had they named it? You wouldn't be surprised. His gaze swept the buildings below. Crosscaper Orphanage slouched against the mountainside like it had been dropped there. A greying stack of towers and flat, fat dormitories that shuddered when the wind was too harsh and sweated when it got too warm. It was an uphill struggle for orphanages not to be dismal, but Ackerby had always thought Crosscaper took special pleasure in it, as though it knew that the groan of its slumping masonry and the rattle of its window frames were giving entire dormitories of children nightmares. Sir? His secretary's voice seeped through the intercom, and Ackerby stabbed at the button to respond. Yes? Your two o'clock is here, sir. Shall I send them in? The director barely heard him. He was staring at the newest addition to the orphanage grounds, standing out against Cross Caper's comforting greyness like a healthy man in a hospital ward. Bright white walls, new windows that shone, a door that didn't squeak but whispered open like the sharing of a secret. Children waited outside, as they had every day since it opened. A library, as if the orphanage chaplain weren't filling their heads with nonsense enough. The intercom burped again. Sir? Ackerby sighed. He had flicked through some of the dog-eared books in the library, and it had been much as he'd feared. His own office was lined with beautiful leather-bound works. The word book painfully inadequate. They were compendiums. They were texts. They were tomes. The kind one touched with gloves, if one touched them at all. Some, he mused proudly, had never even been opened. The library books, on the other hand, had been read to pieces. And as for the content... Story after story of noble orphans rescued from drudgery. And now every time someone came to visit, hopeful children began packing their bags, ready for their new life as wizard, warrior or prophesied king. Ackerby sniffed. Chosen ones. If they were wanted, they wouldn't be here. Yes, send them in. And bring some tea, he thought for a moment. Forget the tea. Director Ackerby did not believe in coddling visitors. There was an art to these things. Inspectors were made to wait ten minutes. It didn't do to annoy them, but you also didn't want to make them feel too important. Solicitors were seen immediately. You never knew who might end up footing the bill. And potential parents had to wait half an hour as a sort of test of their commitment. In Ackerby's opinion... If you weren't prepared to drink bad coffee and flick through last year's home and housing magazine, then you clearly did not deserve a child. Mr. Ackerby. They were shadows in his doorway. Ackerby liked to keep the lights low. 
It shaved money off the bills and he had the vague idea that it might be beneficial to the children, exercise for their eyes perhaps. The visitors had stopped where the light from Ackerby's desk lamp and the glow from the hallway fell short. Their faces were obscured, indistinct. For a moment, Ackerby wasn't sure if they were people at all. Thank you for seeing us at such short notice, the smaller of the visitors said. I hate to steal time away from the busy. The couple stepped forward in unison. The woman was tall and thin, with a spine curved like an old coat hanger, her clothes and skin white as frost, hair chopped short around her neck in a frayed mop the colour of chalk. The man beside her was the shape and pallor of a goose egg, with a shock of colourless curls that jigged and bounced as if trying to flee from his scalp. His waistcoat creaked as he offered Ackerby his hand. Normally, Ackerby would smile firmly, if a little coldly, and grasp the visitor's hands a smidge too hard as he asked their names. Ackerby was proud of his handshake. He had read books on the subject. A firm and painful squeeze. That was how you dominated a meeting. The man in the waistcoat took his hand. Of course, stealing time from the idol is no crime at all.